Sensitivity is intelligence. With grace and skill, you have abundance. Welcome to the Psychic Hour. Host Kelly Brickle is a psychic medium, numerologist, healer, and teacher. Her passions are learning about the soul and energy. Whether through spirit, emotion, or vibrational numbers, there is always a pathway of information waiting to help. Now, here is your host of the Psychic Hour, Kelly Brickle. everybody and welcome to the psychic hour hello hello we are doing the interview series today and we have francis pullen on and we'll be talking about her journey with mediumship and channeling and hypnotherapy and so that's always exciting to just go into the various areas of what this intuitive work is and um i know i'm going to be having fun with the channeling and hypnotherapy questions along the way as well as the mediumship it's fun to see how it all mixes together so as everybody is coming in hello hello jennifer hello so the topic of the day the topic of the day that i really want to focus on is faith faith and We hear that word and we think instantly something spiritual or metaphysical. And really, it's just the trust in oneself, the trust in ourselves of what we have met the moment of in the present, just but not knowing the next, what we've prepared for. And we take the, the breath, the leap, and we go, all right, and I don't know. Or the complete surrender of having no idea, but still walking and still being and still knowing that everything comes together. And within this work, it's very interesting because you can't get away from that concept in your everyday life. You can't get away that con- from that concept in your work, um, when you're channeling, when you're doing mediumship. There has to be the disengagement of the mind. You still have to use language and you still have to be interactive and you still have to understand what's going on around you and and have consideration for who's in front of you, whether multiple people or or one specific person. That happens kind of automatically. Yes, you you do have to practice that a little bit, but the more that it comes, the more automatic where, where you go, okay, my job as Kelly or my job as the medium, okay, I have my part of my brain online in that capacity, but the rest falls away. And the rest, like you're kind of floating around in space um, with the intention of, okay, I'm here to bring a message. I'm here to bring guidance. And whatever comes to me, I allow it. Um, And you really do take on a voice or you take on a personality or you take on a feeling or just the pure description and you merge with the words. And it seems sometimes very odd if you've never done it before or if you've never experienced it before because usually when you show up to a job or usually when you show up to even like the idea we think of traditional 
mental mediumship with what most people are exposed to, you go, okay, the intention is a spirit. And it's usually a loved one we can identify that we can say, hey, yes, this is one of your people. And we absolutely know this from the evidence or um, psychically, hey, this is your life. And we absolutely know this is your life because this is your past and this is what you're dealing with and this is how you feel. Well, with channeling, it's more of the collective. It's more of something that necessarily isn't evidential based, but there's a greater meaning for it. And there's some type of understanding that does touch you or remembrance that fuels you. So it's much more for let's say universal energies or group energies. Um, Sometimes it can be for a specific person, but it doesn't have that signature. This isn't directly from this spirit that you would know. It would be mostly from a guide that the medium is working with that they would know and they have a like relationship with or, or somebody else stepping in. So it's very different sometimes than what people are used to when they're first understanding mediumship. So hello, everybody coming in. Hello, Lynn. Hello, Catherine. So it'll be interesting. If anyone has any questions about channeling mediumship, uh, Francis is a great person to ask, and we'll, we'll get onto it within the show. But ultimately, anyone can do channeling. Um, Anyone can do mediumship and and psychic work, I believe, but it does take a lot of work of being in touch with yourself and knowing energy and knowing self-care and knowing um, what's yours and what's not yours. And that does take time or that does take a lot of gentleness and and carefulness um, with honoring yourself and loving yourself along the way. But channeling is beautiful and it is all about faith and surrender. And you really do give your voice up and you give your energy up um, with complete connection to something that the identity of yourself falls away. So the identity of Kelly or the identity of someone else doing channeling would fall away more and more the deeper they went into the channel. And you can feel yourself merging within that consciousness are merging within the body of or merging within the feelings of. And it is a much more here I am experience rather than let me prove what I am experience. And I think it's great because ultimately I feel like, and I've heard a lot of other psychic mediums talk about this, it improves the the way they actually do evidential mediumship because it does do just what we're talking about, increase the way you surrender. Um, the, the logical brain has to a channeling even more so. So I encourage um, however you are on your mediumship journey or your intuitive development journey, um, if you know a medium who does channeling or chance work, reach out to them and find another way of surrendering and find another way to work within your intuitive gifts of truly stepping into a place where you are letting go on that next level. So with that said, we're going to bring Frances in in just a moment. So I want to introduce her. I'm going to bring her in first and we'll give her a warm introduction. All right. Hello, Francis. Hello, Kelly. So good to see you. 
It's great to see you too. Thank you for being here today. I'm excited. Awesome. I'm excited too. I want to introduce you to everybody. With that said, Francis Pullen is an intuitive medium channel and certified hypnotherapist located in Southern California. She's the author of two books, Loving the Me in Me and It Is I, Amadeus. In 2003, after the untimely and unexpected passing of her son, she found herself surrounded by psychic people and began to educate herself with endless classes. People she had known for some time revealed their gifts to her and brought through messages from her son. During this period of soul development through discovery, she became a channel herself of Amadeus Mozart. He is filled with the teaching her of to love herself, trust in herself, and to teach the world that which she has learned. Being with those that she has met along the way brings joy and happiness. Frances knows that she has been blessed by God energy and will teach others to know of this bliss. Welcome, Frances. Thank you. Absolutely. So, yes, from the beginning, um, when you were first shown this work, with energy, with channeling, you were very, very young. You were a kid, actually. You didn't know what it was, but you had an experience. And can you share that? Um, Being very young, I would would know things. I would be able to tell people things. They would look at me and say, how do you know that? And I, I don't know. Um, I just know stuff. And then at one point I said, well, maybe I'm a witch because I, I had to make light of it because I didn't understand it. And as I grew through life, it continued to happen. And at one point, uh, when my son passed, I went into what I call the rabbit hole. And when I came out, I came out in the spiritual world, learning meditation and channeling and understanding all the questions that I had when I was young. Who am I and why am I here? And what is this really all about? Because I couldn't resonate with some of the things that I was learning. And I was learning, I was being taught the fear of God. And I thought, well, okay, I thought God was a loving God. Why would I fear him? So during that time of growth of my soul, it was explained to me that we do a life plan. And um, my son and I, before we came to earth together, had a plan. And we had agreed that he would leave and I would go on this journey for my life's purpose. And when I first heard that, I just wanted to smack somebody because how dare they think I would make that agreement. And the more I got involved and understood and it's been 20 years this month, um, I can thank him. I can actually say thank you, Damon, for giving me this chance at a different way of life. It's changed me as a human. It's changed me as a spirit. 
we come together now, the human Francis and the spirit Francis, to um, bring loving messages to people, doing intuitive work and mediumship work, channeling, often answers questions for people because they're getting it direct from the source and my voice changes and my body movement changes and my audience, my client, um, they're sometimes baffled because they may not have never seen it before, but it's so real and the answers that come are so correct. So there's many things to our journey, as um, Kelly has taught you. And most currently, I have been loving the trips I take through hypnotherapy. And I've taken many trips into my past life, and I help others do it. And you can be taught to take yourself, but I kind of love the companionship of having someone take me on the journey and uh, reiterate what I say and talk to them afterwards because I'm part of their journey and they're part of mine. Does that help? Yeah, I think it okay. does. I think that um, there was a part of you, so you've bridged together a lot of consciousness of, you know, this all happened for a reason. And in the beginning stages, I know that you mentioned before that you were a young child and you saw channeling and you didn't even know what it was, but coming full circle, just, you know, within your life path of your, and the experiences of, you know, losing a loved one that brought you into this work, your son, Damon, um, you're like, well, I just, it was always a part of me. It's always been here. Yes. I just had and to discover it. You just had to discover it. And so where do you find, like, within your faith, when you started to become conscious of channeling and knowing that this was a part of you, when did you consciously start to accept that you were channeling and that you were able to hear messages from the other side. I was teaching automatic writing classes and people knew that I had done some channeling and they invited me, the teacher, to show them what it was because they didn't know. And um, the voice came through me and I get a tingling at the top of my head when Amadeus is around as it is right now. And he has a little accent to his voice and he's different than I am, but very much like me. Um, and I thought, this is real. This is really real. I am answering their questions and they're resonating and I'm bringing messages from the other side. And his biggest message to me was for me to teach love of self to others. So off I went to learn to love me. It's so important. And we think we love ourselves from time to time. We think we've got it nailed. 
And then we do the difficult work where we have to admit that sometimes we're wrong. We have to admit that sometimes we're impatient when we shouldn't be. We have to face our face in the mirror and be able to look into our eyes and say, I love you. I had to learn to say, I love you, Francis. And you're doing amazing things. Keep it up. Instead of self-sabotaging and saying, oh, you're so stupid, and then you catch yourself and you say, you're, oh, I'm so wonderful. And it's not boastful. It's not to be in somebody's face and say, I am so wonderful. It's to be in your heart. It's to, to be, be in your heart. heart and say, I love me enough to help others with their journey. Absolutely. And I, and I love, so there's a comment that says a uh, great discussion about love and really, you know, what you're talking about is this opening up this channel to yourself of a discussion of love and how you, you feel and relate to yourself with what, you know, you think and tell and, and, and feel. And a lot of times we look for that within others. We go, okay, what do you think about love? What do you, what, what do you feel about this? You know, can I do this for you? Can I do that for you? And we, we don't have that intense, you know, focus and devotion to ourselves. And so what did you find in that place when you did put all that attention on yourself? A very, very big part of me learned forgiveness of self. I've had, and I'm sure the audience has, we all have had times when we've needed to ask for forgiveness and maybe we didn't want to. Maybe we thought, nah, I can do without them. I don't need them to forgive me. But when you come face to face with forgiveness, you become humble. And the love is easier tapped into. And so I became more humble. And I had to realize when I forgave the person who did, in my mind, something to me or really did do something to me, I had to forgive myself because I played a part in that picture, in that story. You know, they couldn't have that conversation if I wasn't there having it with them. So I had to recognize that I wasn't above anybody. I was equal with everyone. We are born in perfection and we have to accept the perfection of others and if there's someone who you just don't resonate with, you just kind of back away. And what I've learned to do is to have a hypnotherapy session and find out about the life uh -huh. we were in together in a past life. Yeah. And maybe it wasn't so good and that energy carried forward. Yes. And it's interesting that I have students and friends that I can't remember their name for anything. 
<laughs> because I called them a name I knew in their past life. Their, their current name just doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel right. It just doesn't resonate. And I have one in particular and I love her dearly. And I call her Barbara. <laughs> and her name is Elizabeth. But Elizabeth seems so fancy and she's so down to earth and it just didn't fit. So her granddaughter and her granddaughter's fiance came to a session in one of my classes. And I said, okay, we're not going to call you Barbara at all today. I'm going to get through this. I'm going to do it right. <laughs> I'm going to show everybody that I really know who you are. And so we got finished and I said, I did it. I'm so excited. And they cracked up laughing and said, the first thing you did was call her Barbara. <laughs> and you didn't even know you did it. <laughs> so a lot of spirituality can be so serious, but a lot can be so fun and so enlightening and so joyful. And we have to have joy in our lives. Yes, we have to have joy in our lives. And, um, you know, we get to uncover these gifts from past lives, from deeper meanings, understandings when we do the work. And I found it really interesting what you said. If we have an aversion to somebody um, or a really strong visceral reaction, it's because there has been prior a connection in other lives. That's right. Whether and good or bad. When, yeah, when you go back into a, uh, the past life and you're, you're directed through your uh, therapist, but you do all the moving through and all the seeing of, and you come out and say, I cheated on him. And I'm embarrassed and I didn't like him, which is why I cheated on him. And I have all this past energy. And then you work with the therapist to remove that negative energy where you come to a point where you even, you're even able to talk to that person and say, I felt this and I did this and I learned this. And I really like you. And I'm sorry. And please forgive me. I love you. Um, let's put this behind us. And it so brings it's a, joy oh, to them. So not only for, our, for uh, a session where you can learn and go deeper within your own self, but you can actually use it in a way where there's current um, understandings where you can actually help friendships, marriages. Right. Um, okay. So it's even applicable like that within sections sometimes with what you facilitate. I had a woman come in one time and she had had her second or third DUI and she was a woman of a prominent community and embarrassed as she could be. And her husband was leaving her children hated her and she said, okay, we figured out why she was drinking. We figured out all the ways she could help herself to stop. 
and she came in for, I think it was her fourth session. And she said, I want to know my future. I want you to let me see my future. And so I walked her through it and we together could both see her at her daughter's weddings and the husband was there with his new wife and she was there with her new partner and everybody was commingling and she would just burst into tears at the end of the session because she was so joyful that the future had some light in it. She wasn't going to lose her family. So there's, there's past life and then also there's, you know, going in the future of this life. So there can be a lot of things facilitated to help people gain understanding of their soul and their needs or um, what they are trying to create. Right. And everything we do in every one of our lives settles into our subconscious mind, which travels with our soul. And the body goes away, but the soul just moves into a different space. And you can communicate with that um, soul when they have transferred to the other side. They're still here with us. They just don't have that body anymore. And talking to my son or hearing from my son through a medium, um, like Kelly, um, it brought relief to me to know that he didn't suffer and to know that he was with us and he was watching the family grow with the siblings getting married and having children. And he sees it all and he knows it all. And he left behind a daughter who is wonderful. And she's moving through life on a very wonderful track. And I've taken to thanking him at night when I say my gratitude and do my prayers. I thank him for taking such good care of his baby from the other side. And he acknowledges, thank you, Mom. Absolutely. So do you find within your work um, that hypnotherapy, mediumship, the channeling, does it cross over sometimes? Or do you find that it mostly stays within its lane when you're working with those energies? I think the channeling and the mediumship and intuitive cross over a lot. The hypnotherapy... Um, you're looking for a specific. So let's just say I met Kelly and something rubbed rub me the wrong way about her. And I said, okay, <laughs> let me go into hypnotherapy and find out what this is. And we go into it for a specific reason to find out what it is that bothers me about Kelly. And when we discover it, let's just say she stole my boyfriend in high school. 
Oh, that's that, pretty simple. That's, that's pretty, you can forgive that. That's, that's still a lot. Easy. <laughs> that's a very uh, important time of the psyche developing. <laughs> a very important time. And yet, Kelly, in this lifetime, now, I couldn't imagine her being disloyal to a friend and taking her boyfriend away. So it helps me to see Kelly and what she did as a separate thing, a separate life, a separate everything to the Kelly that I know and love today. Well, you know, I just, I don't know what I've done, but if I have done, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, guess what? I forgive you. <laughs> and I forgive me for being upset with you when it happened. I appreciate the the forgiveness and the, you know, the present acknowledgement. I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, yeah, you never you never know until it becomes conscious or until you have a remembrance of how do I know that person? Why am I letting this person get to me? What it's like, you know, they ignite a feeling and it's just like we've been here before. I wouldn't let them be this close to me right now unless they have been. I wouldn't be feeling this feeling that I have with them unless that's where we left off. Right. Uh, it's very, very interesting. Right. I mean, and it can also be a wonderful thing because the real truth about Kelly is when I met her, I really liked her. <laughs> so you. we had I like a past, differences. Yeah, we had a past life together where we brought back great things. And so when I met her, I didn't have any of those negative things that we just kind of laughed about. I had good feelings and I didn't take the time nor will I ever go and find out what that past life was about because I'm pretty happy with the way we ended and how yeah. we began again. I think it's, it's fascinating because some people are very connected to accessing that information. I know within my work, I don't ever really work with past lives unless it spontaneously just knocks me over the head with some type of, you know, evidence coming in. I'll be like, oh, you know, this is connected to your family. And speaking of that, wow, they're taking me back even further. Just, you, you know what I mean? So it will happen sometimes, but it usually only happens in a reading. And it doesn't happen when I meet people usually other than going, I feel like I've met them before, but I don't go, oh, because of this and that and that, right? Um, it's very rare that I've ever had anything that intense where I go, oh, yeah, there's absolutely that. But I'll, I'll have the feeling of, you know, like like when I met you, like I felt very comfortable and you felt very familiar. So I accept those feelings. I'm like, yeah, like we probably, like we probably have, right? Um, right. But I always find it fascinating for people who go, yep, I'm aware of this and that. And and they, they have that unfolding with that feeling to go further. Yes, yes. it's um, mysterious and not mysterious at all. Do you have um, any stories where when you met somebody, you just knew 
something about their past life. You just knew, and it was, it could, it could be personal. It could be, you know, within session, but where you did get that hit and you just, it came over you. Well, the Barbara Elizabeth story is one, but I have, I was working in a multi-dimensional school as a volunteer, and there was another volunteer there, and his name was Sterling. See, I was going to call him the wrong thing. Great name, though. (laughs) And I really liked him. We had good vibration. It was all very good. But I couldn't call him Sterling. I always called him Sebastian. And the first time I said Sebastian, I said to myself, that's past life energy. Because that is not a name that you're going to hear in today's world, typically. You're not going to hear it. Yeah, it's not as common. Um, Sebastian, Sebastian. Yeah. So we talked about it and we laughed about it. And as you can see right now, I still want to call him Sebastian. And one day I was writing him an email and I couldn't find his name in my email. And I knew I had it. And I went, oh my gosh, he's not Sebastian. He's Sterling. And I typed in Sterling and up he came and off went the email. So it's kind of funny how you get those blocks because you had such a great experience. And you have to understand that in past lives, you may have been the opposite sex. Yes. You may have been your mother's brother. Yes. Uh, I could have been if I went into Kelly's in my life. Maybe maybe she was my mom. And that's why no, I got that great I- feeling. It's very strange that we have so, I mean, from a human perspective, it's not tra- that strange from a spiritual perspective, but it's very strange that our, you know, our mother could be, um, you know, our our friends or our father could be our son and all the oddity, you know, mismatches or matches in between. Uh, it's It's very, very interesting, but I do find that there are these remembrances at random times mm-hmm. where you go, hmm, the way that they work with me, like it feels like they want to nurture me. The way that they work with me, they feel like they want to default to a friend. And sometimes there's like those glimmers of kind of feeling how you functioned before. Um, I know. So, so may, I'm curious if you ever felt something like this too, as well. And I didn't know it as I was doing it, but as I thought about it later, I kind of understood this. So this is a long time ago. You know, this is when I'm young and I meet my best friends in like junior high. So she had moved um, to a different school. Um, So I didn't know her prior. I didn't have, you know, a history of knowing her somewhere and, you know, the neighborhoods or whatever. Um, And all of a sudden I'm just in this class and she comes down, she sits right next to me or I don't, she said somewhere in vicinity. I don't remember completely. And I just start talking to her like I know her. And I normally don't really, I, I'll do that to a certain extent, but I like really just started talking to her like I knew her. And I just started like asking her like all these questions and engaging. And I remember thinking like, oh yeah, like why not? Right. And 
she remembers me being like so open and friendly and, and things like that. And it was just because it's like we never missed a beat, right? And that's right. kind of what our friendship has been despite so many different changes. When when we talk, it's like, oh, well, there's so much familiarity despite anything else. It's just like, what's up? Do you want to talk? So, so where have you found you didn't miss a beat with somebody or where do you feel like you you let them in so close because you feel like you already knew them? The one that comes to mind most vividly is a friend I've had for 55 years. And I was a young mom of 18, um, just turned 19 maybe. And I worked, and one evening there was a knock at my door, and there was a young lady standing there, a little girl, a little girl younger than me, and she was pregnant, and she had met my babysitter at the pool and met my daughter and knew that the babysitter was going back to school, and she said, I came to see if I could be your babysitter. And I didn't know anything about spirit. I didn't know spirit handed her to me, for goodness sake, because I was desperate. And I said, well, come in. Come on in. Sit down. Let's talk. Get to know each other. And she just spilled everything. Her mother didn't know she was pregnant. She had just gotten married, but she was already um, three months along and she just needed somebody to talk to. She had moved from another city to the city where I was. So like you said, Kelly, you, I'd never met her before. She didn't live anywhere near me. And um, we hit it off. And we've, we, we've actually had a couple little spats along the way, but we always came back to oneness. Yeah. And... Interestingly enough, when she was in California, she lives in another state, and she was in California with her husband for something, and she called me, and she said, how's it going? And I said, not well. And she said, Francis, what's the matter? And I said, Damon died. Hmm. And it was the day of his, um, the day before his party, and spirit knew to put her back into my life that day. So was she my mother, a great mother in a past life? I don't know. But that connection has never left us. And it came in an instant. And... She came over that next morning and said, what can I do to help? And I said, I really want something new to wear. I don't want to wear my work clothes to my son's funeral. And of course, I was not pulled together. And we headed out for the stores. And she said, oh, I want you to have elastic waistband. I want it to feel like you're in your jammies almost. Just be relaxed and not be constricted. And you can hear this mothering thing going on. And we got to the store and tried on a few things. And I said, I want this. And 
she just said, you go in and put your clothes back on and I'll pay for it. Well, I didn't expect that. But there she was taking care of me. And we just went to Sedona together this past year and had the best time. And we love how we can just pick up. Hadn't been together and spent time together like that in 15 years. But it was a girls weekend and we had a great time. There's so much built up energy with what formerly was, you know, or you just you keep having some of these people within these souls within your life. So even if you had just one lifetime, that might be 50 years of of friendship or family or camaraderie, like build up, built up that you know, two years of discord can't touch, or it might be 500 years or a thousand, or who knows with all the collected time that you share with this person. And so I do really believe that we like default sometimes in some ways to sometimes what's the prior or what's the built up energy. Um, it's, there's like a story coming to my mind kind of of this. So I'm remembering a lot of things when I'm younger rather than kind of now. But I remember being five years old and I met my 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 neighbor for the first time and she was three at the time. And for whatever reason, I was nervous and I was afraid she wasn't going to like me or reject me or something, you know, even though she's, you know, we were the we didn't have that big of a gap. But, you know, she's three and I'm five. And I just remember being like a little bit nervous and I was standing next to my mom and she just ran downstairs and she's like, Hey, do you want to (laughs) play? Let's go. And I remember looking at her mom and her mom was even like, wait a second. Like she doesn't normally act like this, right? She, she's normally more, she's normally the quiet one. And I'm more the outgoing one, at least when we were younger, like that initially. And she was just like, it's like, I know you, let's go and play. Like, come on upstairs. Like, you know, not even high. We didn't even know each other's names, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right? And, you know, friends for like 20 years. And and the way that it ended was almost like some kind of rejection, that first initial nervousness and it, rejection feeling. So it's it's hanging in the air sometimes, these patterns that we repeat, or these, these, these feelings of whatever comes to us for whatever reason, she was like, let's play, let's do this. And for whatever reason, I was like, I'm, I'm nervous, even though, yeah, that's great. I didn't know you're going to be like that. Like that feels fantastic. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, if you, if you went back and, and looked at it and these are only perhaps things from things that I've witnessed with clients and wonderful people that I've worked with, um, you and she may have been connected. Let's just say you were married and then you had this terrible fallout and you ended up divorced. So when you met, that young married energy was there. And as time went on, the divorce energy came in. You can't blame yourself. You can't beat yourself up. You can't say, I wonder why they don't want me anymore. Um, I have lots of people who have been in my life who just disappear. And you think, well, what did I do? I used to think that. Now I think, oh, 
there's a saying, a reason, a season, or a lifetime. Absolutely. And so if you want to figure it out, you can try and figure out what the reason they were in your life or why the season, what happened, or why are they there for a lifetime? Not everybody sticks. Not everybody stays with you. You might just have turned your back when they walked into the room, not even seeing they were there. And they take offense and they're done with you. Well, your time together was over. Simply over. And if that helps any of you in the audience, as you think about times that that may have happened to you, um, think of it that way. Try and put it in a better perspective that our time was over. What we meant to do together in this lifetime had been accomplished. And we had nothing more to accomplish. It was, it was just done. It was just, you know, natural for things to move a certain direction. And I think when we wrap up energy with people, like whether it's a known purpose or not, or just the dissolving of a relationship, friendship, romantic, partnership, whatever, I do think it's very helpful to infuse some type of understanding of, you know, the next time I I meet you again, what was the last thing we experienced? Right. So it's good to, if you can get to a moment of forgiveness or it's, it's, it's good to get to a moment of letting go. It's good to get to a moment of healing. We don't necessarily have to accomplish that, but for that to be in our energy of something that hits us so strongly or is a part of us so strongly, I'd rather have a remembrance of healing than just pure, okay, uh, you know, it's time to go. See ya. <laughs> right, right. I'm not going to tell you why, but see ya. <laughs> see ya, never. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, but yeah, it just, it's forever, you know, in some ways you could are. Uh, argue that dance is forever of, you know, I'll see you in some way again. I'll see you in some way once more. It's interesting like that. Right. And it helps you, me, anyone who looks at it this way to not make such harsh judgments on people and to be more gentle and kind, even when you've been left behind and you run into them at a meeting, you're just still, you act like nothing ever happened because nothing really did happen. They just went on with their journey and you didn't fit anymore. And it doesn't mean they hate you. They've probably asked forgiveness of you, and you may even feel that energy. Perhaps they wish they could be back with you, and they think the door is closed. But if you are always honest, sincere, kind as you can be, maybe that door will open again if you both want it. 
and within people's lives it's like yeah it there there has to be that synergy of how everything plays out you know it's not just happening to us it's happening to all of us you know we're we're all working with multiple people's energy and we're all you know impressing and sharing energy to help to make what this all is and you know we're all figuring it out together we all have a part to play Absolutely. There's not one thing we do in life that doesn't have meaning of some sort to somebody. You could think it was the smallest thing, like opening the door for somebody to step out of the supermarket or telling someone what a adorable blouse that is. The smallest, smallest things can make somebody's day and make a lasting impression on how they feel about themselves. Oh, I bought this blouse and it's adorable and somebody else agrees with me and I'm going to wear it once a week just to make me feel good because I have good memories with it. And what does it take from me, Francis, to say, you have such pretty colored eyes. And all of a sudden their eyes are blinking and they're smiling and they're kind of flustered sometimes, but they're happy because someone said something nice to them. And not to bring up negativity, but we have a lot of stuff going on in our world and it's very easy to be impatient or aggravated but it's so much easier to walk away after having said something positive to someone else i think that's a powerful message it's so much easier to walk away uh to share something positive to say something positive uh, sometimes we can't always achieve that, right? Sometimes someone's not even receptive or can't facilitate that space to even happen. But I do think it's powerful if we can at least do it from a distance or have that intention. Um, and because that can happen in your energy. But the, if I run into that, Kelly, if I may, um, yeah, yeah. As I walk away, I say in a, in a normal voice so it can be heard, I just say blessings for your day. What are they going to come back with? Don't bless me? You know, they're going to go, <laughs> oh. There's some people who would say that, but right. Like their, 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 their soul would be like, that's sure. I, blessings be, right? Just blessings right. be. Right, right. Um, I agree with that. I, I think what kind of stirred me when you said that is earlier, um, you know, we, we lose our bodies and we just continue to from one life to the next and we, we we're soul energy. Right. And so when we are wishing someone well or whether it's directly or from afar, um, we're having a conversation with the soul and the spirit, and it doesn't matter what the body um, 
completely takes on with what they can see and hear and understand on the soul level, it is transmuted or translated. Um, So it's very important. I think that we do our own work and we make our own peace with that because their soul hears and their soul understands on a certain level, even if an ocean away. Yes. That's why I think this work is so powerful. Um, there's a comment where it says, uh, Pamela, she said, this is so important when you're alone with no social support system. Like this self-healing work, I would imagine. It's so important when you're alone. Um, I know during during the last few years, spending a lot of time alone and when I was finally allowed to go out and be with people, I felt I'd lost my community and I had to reestablish it. And some people have, have left the state. Some people have left the earth. Um, and finding a group that I could have these conversations with. These are not conversations you have with just anybody. I know um, I have a friend who didn't believe in any of it. And we were driving past a, a donut store just by chance. And a, there was a psychic store next door and he was being silly. And he said, well, I'm going to go have two chocolate donuts and I'm going to go to the psychic and see if she can tell me what I just had. And he laughed. That can happen thought, sometimes. I know. They're, they, they, they're just having fun with it. And I thought, you know, it's deeper than that. It's not about yes. what you just ate. She would have a lot deeper things to say to you. <laughs> well, it's a testament sometimes where maybe I need to go deeper, but sometimes I can pick up with someone just ate sometimes. <laughs> yeah. How are the donuts this morning? I see you eating ramen for whatever reason. You just had some fruit. You had a smoothie. (laughs) There's randomness at play sometimes, but correct. You know, you can't go in expecting like, okay, we're going to do, we're going to do this and it's going to go exactly like this. Um, I, it's funny. Uh, So there was this one uh, like intensive, right? This spiritual workshop intensive and and the teacher present. um, um, So like I was helping out, right? So there was a teacher present. She's like, I'm going to give everybody this exercise. And it's like going to be where they understand the ridiculousness of this exercise. We're going to tell everybody a specific word. And then we're going to tell their partner, you know, that, they need to find that specific word because, you know, it was, it was trying to like laugh at, no, this isn't a real exercise guys. That's not how readings work. And there was a group of, I don't know, 40 people. And it turned out that there was like three or four people in that 40 that actually got the actual word. So sometimes (laughs) in the ridiculousness, people, you know, they're just, you never know what you're going to get, but you can't put that expectation on it. I so agree. I so agree. It's deeper. So please, yes, tell me about the the depth that comes forth that people go, whoa, I came for this and I didn't expect that. 
Well, they're surprised. Um, they don't even realize it was in their energy field and they're surprised that it was. Yet at the same time, um, you continue to explain to them why the information came through and why they needed to hear what they heard. If that makes sense to you, that sometimes what you thought you were going to hear is not what you hear at all. Yes. Yes. And, and sometimes, you know, they understand on a certain level, this isn't a logical thing. Like I've heard people who, who have never had a reading, like just, you know, like at fairs or when you have these group experiences, sometimes you go, oh, how was your experience, right? And, and you learn from how other people have felt during readings. And so I've heard people say, I've never had a reading before, but I felt so overwhelmed with emotion. Like I felt like, you know, someone was right next to me and I can't explain it. And, you know, they're, they're talking about a spirit or a loved one. They're like, I thought this was all you know, BS and I could feel something that I've never felt before. And I felt like, even though maybe what they said to me was general, if I try to be really logical with it, it touched my heart in a, a way where I'm still scratching my head. Right. And the energy that comes through from the spirit that came through could be standing right next to them and they could be feeling that energy and it could move them emotionally because of the love they felt for that person. And typically if you've had a bad experience with someone in life, they don't come through to make amends particularly. It's usually a pushed out too. <laughs> right, right. Most often I find it's the people that are really anxious to talk to you because they love you and they want you to know that they're doing okay. That they're really happy with the way things are. There has to be that receptivity because there are experiences where people have had really not good connections with people and they do come in to make amends and the person's like, yeah, I, sorry, not going to do it. And so it can't be facilitated if both souls aren't ready to, to work together or, you know, it can't be facilitated if it's not the right time. It should never be forced. I agree. Like typically what touches a person's soul is what they're ready for. Absolutely. Absolutely. And a fun thing to talk about with the audience is, there was a gentleman who was in my classes for a while and he stopped coming, you know, life got in the way. He moved out to Riverside and he wrote a book and he came in and he wanted to give me a copy and he signed it. And he said, I want to explain to you what I wrote about you. And he said, I'm kind of embarrassed, but I didn't think there was a better word. He was saying all these nice things. And then he said, and what's more amazing is Francis is just an ordinary woman. And I said, I don't take sense of that. I said, being ordinary is pretty special. I if think you, we're, yeah. yeah. I mean, if he would have said, 
she was kooky and off the wall. (laughs) (laughs) That's not me. I'm not kooky. I'm not off the wall. But I am kind of ordinary. I'm a mom, a wife, a grandma, great grandma, and all these other things. And then I'm spiritual. Yeah. I, I mean, I think we're all ordinary and extraordinary. Like, you know, all of us have these parts within our life where it's just like, and I'm just doing this. And then I happen to be that. Right. And certain people within our lives will always look at us as ordinary. And then other people in our lives will look at us as extraordinary, but it brings the point home where you were extraordinary, but he was like, anyone can do this. Right. He, he wanted to put me in the place that she's not wearing she didn't have a crystal ball and she's not wearing gauze skirts with psychedelic colors. And she was just this ordinary woman. And I find most people in our spiritual circle are that way. And there's nothing against the crystal ball and the gauze and all the colors. It just wasn't me. And I had dear friend who has since passed and she always had on those skirts and she'd just say, oh dear, so good to see you. I love you so much. And it was always such a pleasant day when I knew that I was going to see her. And I, I'm very conservative. And so even being spiritual and stepping out into this world where I'm talking about these things, um, isn't as conservative as I used to be. It's true. It's true. I think we, the world encourages us to be ordinary. And in some things we maybe be like to be a little bit more gray or conservative, maybe in just some things, right? Like maybe not everyone wants to dress flash because that's not something they want to do or speak flashy or, you know, throw a soiree or, or something like that. Right. But it's just, no matter how you do it, it's just one way of doing it. Right. It's just a way. It's just a way. It's just a way. Um, and it's fun to mix it up a bit. I think it's always fun to mix it up a bit. I do want to ask you though. Um, so you get to go wherever you want, Francis. Um, so guide me where you want to go, but I want to ask more about like your hypnotherapy. I know you have a certification class coming up. I know that's something that has really been a labor of love for you as recent, like hypnotherapy work. My hypnotherapy work I've been doing for Oh, 10 or 12 years, probably, probably 10. And um, my class has begun. And if you go to my website, you'll see a little bit about what it's about. But um, it has begun and it's going to last the month of October. And, you know, maybe every quarter I'll do another one. Um. That's been a, a focus, though, more so this month, hypnotherapy. It's a labor for, sure. for me right now because my teacher and my mentor and a dear friend of mine, all in the same body, um, left the earth. Just, gosh, it was in July, I think. And she had 
told me to teach. She said, teach your own students. Don't send them to me. You got this. And I was feeling so insecure. And now as I, as I laugh with her son or with her husband, I say, yeah, she kicked me out of the nest. She left me. She told me to go do it. And so I am. And I'm doing it with her blessing. And I remember the day, hearing the day after she left um, that she was gone. And I went and laid down on my bed just to be alone. And I felt a hand on my hip as I laid there. And I thought, oh, is that my husband? No, he wouldn't bother. He doesn't react to things this way. And I turned to look around and no one was physically there. And so I knew she had come to say her goodbyes and to let me know that she had transitioned peacefully and um, kicked me out of the nest. <laughs> Gently nudging you <laughs> to walk yes, she was in the saying, hip region. You can, you know, get off the bed and go work on the curriculum. So it was time. It was time. It was time. And her name will be on my all my materials. Um, I'm. I have co-created it with her. And I was down in her neighborhood one day a week or so ago for a doctor's appointment. I thought we would have had lunch today. We, you know. I'm here, I'm here, and where are you? And you're not here. And um, she was there. We just couldn't have lunch together. <laughs> she had a different kind of lunch. <laughs> yeah, she but, had electricity and I had, you know, tacos. <laughs> <laughs> Still sounds wonderful, honestly. But yeah, it, it right. does feel different at times where... It, 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 it hits us, you know, how we change and how other people change and how this life is made for us to not be the same. It really hits us sometimes. Yes. And I'm going to be honest from my heart. I had a falling out with somebody and I apologized and I said, you know, if you accept my apology, be in touch. And she wasn't. And her birthday came, and it's my way on birthdays of close people. I call and sing to them that morning. And I called and I sang to her voice message. And later in the day, she contacted me and we talked. And, you know, things kind of stayed dead. And then my birthday came and she called and sang to me. And then it just stopped again. Stop, stop, stopped. And I thought, you're bothered because you think that she's upset that you're not calling her all the time. But the reality is maybe she doesn't want to hear from you. Maybe our journey has ended and I just haven't recognized it yet. And so I had to look at it differently instead of being so self-important that she needed to be hurt by my action Maybe she wasn't hurt at all. Maybe she was relieved. But I still apologized. I still asked forgiveness. 
and I forgave yeah. myself and I forgave her for the parts that we both played in the dance. And it's difficult. It's difficult. Um, we can try, you know, or we can let go and kind of see it in multiple ways for what it is, but it, it's very personal, even though we're trying to detach, it's very, very personal, right? right. With how we want to be loved and how we wish we could just tell someone that we love them and not for it to be misunderstood or for it to go wrong. Cause you just want love. And sometimes there's no, we think that there's no expectation or we think that, you know, well, who doesn't want love, right? It just right. feels good, but it's complicated. <laughs> it's complicated. And the difference in, in this particular circumstance, um, it brought me to the place where some people don't forgive you. They just don't. They're not on same journey in life and they don't understand that forgiveness has that really important piece that maybe we wouldn't talk all the time but the words I forgive you would have meant a lot and they weren't going to come right. so it's just kind of important at times to look at you and I had to do some work around that because I've written a book on loving the me and me and I did my work and I wrote it down and I've written a workbook and I've taught retreats and I'm planning more retreats. It's a fabulous, fabulous little three or four days that we're together getting deep and there I was. I had to do some more work. So we are always a work in progress. We are always a work in progress. <laughs> you see that thing? You see that that galaxy constantly spin in the background? Well, it's not. It's, you know, it's supposed to represent that at least. Uh, yeah, it's just, it keeps going. And I think it is wise, like you said, if, there's some type of forgiveness or there's some type of kindness with how we just keep going. My goodness, does that serve its weight? It really does because as we're going, we can be so many different things and we probably, if we could choose what comes to us, we would choose love and kindness. And if, if someone has the bravery to give that out, and someone has the bravery to receive that, um, things go better within the scope of at least my experience. So it's not that we have to do anything, but a feeling and a desire for goodness goes a long way. Really a long way. And when Amadeus Mozart gave me my soul's purpose, he said it was teach teach love of self to the world. And I accepted that. And then I started getting afraid because there's so many people and how could I do that? I'm only one person. And I met with him and he said, there are many doing the work you're doing, but your soul's purpose is to 
teach as many as you can in the world because you can stop the wars and the anger and the fighting if you would all just learn to love each other. And he's very specific at the end of every conversation, he says, and teach it to the children. Very specific. I, no, I, you, you know, it all goes back. It all goes back to that because the ramifications are very high when it comes to self-war and lack of self-love, the ramifications are very high with how it impresses the children, with how we grow and we, we become. Um, if there isn't that love to eradicate the hate, if there isn't that healing to transmute the pain, and we get a lot of things within our world that are devastating because of that. It, it is so very devastating sometimes. Um, to make it a little bit less global for a second, I do like, and I think this is an interesting comment. Christine says, it reminds me of the saying, you're the villain in someone's story, no matter how much time has passed. Um, it's almost like we can do our best, but sometimes when we do our best, we kind of don't, we can never control of how someone perceives us, right? right? So we can put out so much within the world or to another person and still we are the villain or still it is not enough. What do you feel on that sometimes? Right. Um, we have no idea what the other person went through, what their personal pain is, how they're identifying with what's going on. Um, I think one of the worst things that has happened to us is texting because you lose the emotion in the person's voice and you lose the connection. You just read this and you think, oh, I don't really like what she said. And then you talk to them about what they said and they didn't say what you thought they said when you read it. So if I could ask you all to do one thing, it's to pick up the phone and call somebody that you've been missing or that might be missing you. The phone doesn't. Yeah, that, the you say that one more time. The phone doesn't. The phone doesn't ring anymore. Phone doesn't ring anymore. Uh, that's very powerful. It's just there's so much lost in translation when we are present with a person. There's so much lost because it's just we 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 do our best, and then when we have texting and phone or. Or whatever device, it's just the layers are stripped away of, yeah, I actually meant this, or you, did you actually feel me like that? And yeah, unfortunately, you're exactly, exactly right. Like, pick up the phone and be closer or, or, or see each other. Just be closer. Human contact. Human contact. That's the prescription, human contact. Human <laughs> if you get nothing else, get contact out of today's. Fabulous. So we can get that. <laughs> I was going to say, so we can get the, the, the alien contact, right? We got to get our human contact, right? First. <laughs> we don't love each other. How can the aliens love us? Yeah. Uh, we, we, 
we're campaigning for for the humans every choice <laughs> and every day all of us are campaigning within our own way and it's it's going interesting i i love the prescription of human contact so okay with with just like that though we are coming to the end of the show um i want to make sure that people can find you though francis so I've popped down uh, your website, francispullen.com, but what are other platforms that people can find out about your work or what um, other classes are upcoming that you are holding? Um, I can be found on Facebook under my name, Francis Pullen. And Francis is with an E and Pullen is with an I. I am the president of the Tusting Holistic Chamber of Commerce. You can find me there. Um, actually, tonight is our monthly meeting, so I'm very active in our community. Um, there is a site on Facebook called Lunch Bunch, and I'm very active there. Upcoming classes, I have classes every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard at the Sanctuary Wellness Center. They're on my website. I have them in the daytime. I have them that evening. And Tuesday evenings, I have a Zoom meeting, and it's an automatic class where you get in touch with your guides and angels, learn to hear them, learn to listen for them, and you write down their messages so that you don't let it go in one ear and out the other. Yes. And with that, we do a little bit of psychic development along the way as we're doing that. No retreats on the calendar yet, but I'm planning Sedona for next year. Um, and we'll do some more local things. And the last one I did was on Zoom. And the last night was the most powerful night of any of my retreats ever. Because there was a bully on the on in the event and there was a person who had been bullied and they made up each other, even though they weren't the perpetrator or the one picked on by that person, they, they did their, I'm sorry's and forgiveness thing, right. For all of us. And that was very powerful for a loving the me and me session. So keep, keep an eye on the website. It keeps evolving of what what energies are present with um, going within and, and loving and forgiving, and in fr you're facilitating those spaces too. So people can find you um, through your website uh, and various platforms on Facebook. And I encourage people to, to see what Frances is doing weekly because she's doing so much. Um, how we close the show is always giving the guests the last word. So what is something that you would like to share or you're inspired by um, that just comes from the heart? First of all, I want to thank Kelly for her friendship, her caring, for having me on the show to talk to you. Um, makes the world go round. I thank you for participating and watching and learning from what we had to share and go love yourself. Look in the mirror, look into your eyes and learn to love you. 
Thanks, Cal. Thank you, Frances. Thank you for the love and the proclamation of, um, thank you for being on the show. Everybody, thank you for coming and all your lovely comments. Um, you will see us on Friday with the reading show. And uh, next week uh, we have coming up uh, Lisa Williams. So we have a lot of lovely things on the Psychic Hour. Thank you so much again, Francis, for being with us. With that said, please go with love, light, luck, everybody. Don't forget to live. Take care. Bye.